But these two right here uh, have been long connected with our church. When did y'all first join the church? Join? Yeah, when were y'all first involved with the church? 2011, I think. Well, my dad moved here in 2006, and we visited a little bit then, but when we actually lived here was in 2011. 2011. Wow. And uh, then the Lord has moved through them. They've been around the world. They've been missionaries. And uh, uh, some places around the world serving and bringing the, the message of the gospel in some very creative ways that I, I'm, I've been excited to just tell people about and, and be a part of. But uh, this is Shaggy and Lauren White uh, and their family. Some of them, I guess one or two, two ran off. Uh, but I'm excited for you to hear what the Lord's been doing in their ministry and what's going to continue to do through their ministry uh, and hope it is not only encouraging to you, but a, 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 a challenge for your own personal ministry, wherever the Lord has you, as he works through you, just as he's working through them, where he's placed them. Uh, but uh, I'm very appreciative of them and what God has been doing uh, with them and through them, even during COVID <laughs> in a foreign country, uh, which is, I'm sure was all kinds of adventurous. But uh, so why don't you all welcome Shaggy and Lauren this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you guys for having us. It's, uh, it's great to be here. It's also great to see when, uh, when sometimes we have these little mix-ups and we re re just remember that we're, we're all human and we make mistakes and we sometimes have little, little flubs. And so, uh, guys... Flub, that's a new word. Flubs, yeah, flubs. <laughs> sure, we're not. Um, so, I have a question for you guys this morning. What is a missionary? I'm sure we all probably could think of different, uh, different definitions there. Well, really the, the short and simple definition of a, of a missionary is simply somebody who has been called by God to go, and they answer the call, and they say, yes, Lord, I'll go, and they're sent. And so basically we, we answered the call four years ago, I guess a little bit before that when we started the whole process. But we, uh, we've been overseas now for four years. We went overseas to do video and photography as, as missions, and God used that for the last four years. We did that, and it was, it's been great. Um, but, you know, it's always also interesting how sometimes God uses other things. He, he designs us a certain unique way, each and every one of us. We're all designed differently. We're all designed uniquely. And so sometimes God uses the way that he's naturally gifted us, naturally built us for his purposes. And so for us, that happened when we got overseas. Um, I realized that I really love barbecue. And they don't have that over there. Um, it is, it's, it's non-existent, basically. And so we had a big smoker built. Um, and, and we started smoking brisket and ribs and you name it, chickens. And that just kind of developed into a ministry of sorts where, um, yeah, these are some of, the, some of our friends over there where we're cooking briskets. And God used that in a very unique way. And that really, you know, it... it it's been speaking to us recently because there's a, there's a song that we've been hearing on the radio since we've been back. Uh, it's from Casting Crowns, and it's called Start Right Here. I'm sure you've probably heard it on the radio. Well, there's a line in that song that says, if the church on Sunday looked like the church, what if the church on Sunday looked like the church on Monday too? And that really got me thinking. Uh, you know, that song references Second Chronicles uh, chapter 7, verse 14. And that says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so really, the other question would be then, how can we use that? How can we let God use us? So we're all called to go and make disciples. And sometimes that looks different for each one of us. And so I think sometimes we, we feel like, you know, we're waiting for God to, to show up with these big events, these big, you know, moments with fireworks going off where he's going to do these big things. Aha. Uh, uh -huh. Yes. <laughs> and, but really, I, th I feel like sometimes God uses the, the most effective times that he's working in our lives. He does it through some of the most mundane and ordinary things that we would just be like, that's normal. That, how, I don't understand. And so for us, that was barbecue. For, but for you guys, how could you and how could you guys transform De Queen? How could you guys transform your neighborhood? And so that really got me thinking recently. And so I feel like, you know, for us, it was smoking meat. For Lauren here, during the COVID, um, we were locked down in, in Nairobi. We couldn't go anywhere. 
we couldn't leave our house basically. And well, we could leave our house, but we couldn't leave our neighborhood. We could leave our house. We could drive in our car, but we couldn't like really go any place. You could just like mm -hmm. drive around town and then like head back home. And you had to wear your mask inside your car by yourself with, with your windows the windows up. up. Yeah. Um, like, or you'd get a fine. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, one of the things that I just did. Sorry, I'm taking over. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, was that I just I was like. Roses are cheap here. I mean, the roses we get here in the U.S. come from Kenya. And so um, they're really cheap. And so I just was like, Shaggy, when you're at the office, can you just pick up like six or seven um, packs, which is like 18 to 20 roses? Um, yeah, pick up six dozen roses, seven dozen roses. And bring them home. And he's like, why? What do you need all those roses for? <laughs> Honey, that's a lot of flowers for the house. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be on floral overload. But... So but Lauren here, she used those. She took them around the, the neighborhood door to door and left a couple of roses at each door and knocked on the door and left them for the wives. And she felt like that would bring a smile to their otherwise drab day. And there, was, there really wasn't much to smile about in that time. So Lauren was able to minister to our neighborhood through that. So again, how could you guys do that? Well, maybe, maybe you like barbecue. Maybe you don't. Um, hopefully you do. Um, maybe, maybe you're into other things. Maybe you're an avid hunter. Maybe you want to invite your neighbors to go hunting with you and spend time building relationships with your neighbors that can then grow into opportunities for making disciples. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you cut grass and you want to go cut your neighbor's grass and then use that as an opportunity to talk to them. Maybe you, here's a great one, maybe you live in a neighborhood with a bunch of young families and you want to say, hey, why don't you let us take your kids for the night and you guys can go have a date night or you guys can just take a night off or, from your parental responsibilities. That, I'm sure, would really create some good friendships with your neighbors that God can utilize for his purposes, for his glory, for making disciples because we're all called to do that. So like I said, um, when we got started up here, we went overseas to do video and photography. We've done that the last four years. Um, we actually just relaunched our website and so if you guys want to take a look at some of the, some of the things that we've, we're not going to put it up here right now, but um, if you guys want to take a look at, at what we've done for the last four years, you guys can see some of the stories we've gathered, some of the pictures we've taken of, of the different people groups that we've been a part of. That is www.thewhitesinafrica.com. Um, if you forget that, we can remind you outside on the table. Um, but as I said, we, we're talking about what God did for the last four years, but we also this morning want to talk about the future and what God's going to be doing when we go back in June. And so that leads us into this next part. Which we have a little video really quick to yeah. show. Hear the music. It's a gripping video, people. Can you guys hear it, at least? It's just worship. So I'll describe. It is a video of uh, a group of uh, Kenyans. Lauren's a part of them, and they're sitting there at the coast, um, and they are worshiping the Lord in Swahili. Uh, so it's, it's a great thing sometimes just to see people around the world worshiping the Lord. Lauren, um, would you... Oh, would you... They're still trying. You guys still trying? Okay. okay, we can, we can scrap that. That's fine. No worries. Um, Lauren, why don't you tell them about the coastal ministry that we're going to be doing when we go back? So the video or the worship that you heard just a little bit of was at the end of this first weekend that we went out there. We were invited to come take a video of this ministry that's happening in the coast of Kenya. And um, it's called Amani Acres, and they are part of a, organ, like a group of missionaries that are all along the coast from uh, Somalia all the way down into Tanzania. And that's about 700 kilometers or more of space. And so um, the guy that's at the Monte Acres, his visual vision was like one missionary per every 70 kilometers or whatever. And he's like, God surpassed that. And I stopped counting and I, just, like, I realized it's not about the numbers. But um, it's indigenous missionaries um, with Muslim background beliefs. So like Muslim background believers who've turned to Christ now are from this area are locals that are now reaching out to other brothers and sisters in the area and creating like small home churches all along the coast. And we went down there to kind of like tell that story um, as part of 
AIM stories or OFM, what we were doing. But when we were there, he was like, you know, you guys need to come as a family. Like, bring your wife and bring, and he's like, well, she's still nursing. And he's like, well, bring the baby. You guys will fit in. It'll be great. And we're like, okay. So we did. And we got down there, and he's like, I want you guys to, to lead some marriage seminars. And we're like, okay. And... And then he's like, oh, and do you guys know anything about drugs in the U.S.? We're like, actually, we're kind of well-fitted for that. Um, not because of us, but because of our family. And so, yes, we do know a little bit about drugs in the U.S. And he's like, good, because we want our youth to realize that the drug problem is not just a drug problem here, but a drug problem across the world. And so we shared with the um, youth there about just what, that drugs are a problem everywhere, essentially, and what it looked like. And through that weekend, we got invited back to come to a wedding the next month. And so we came to a wedding the next month just on a, as a family vacation and um, interacted again just as ministry with them. I mean, you know, here we are going on a vacation and doing ministry. I don't know, whatever. That's how it happens. And so um, they invited us to come back again in March to do like this prayer for so in Kenya, when you're in eighth grade, if there's like this man, major standardized test across the country, and if you don't pass it, you don't go to high school ever. ever. You're done with schooling, period. And then um, when you finish high school, if you don't finish that exam, you never go to college type thing. And so it was a big deal. So they wanted us to come and help pray over the eighth graders that were um, part of this school that they're helping. A lot of whom came, came from uh, Muslim background uh, families. Right. This, and this school is a mixture of Christian and Muslim, and so um, it was just a great way for us to be able to minister to them. And um, through that, they just came to us, and they said we were just sitting down with them that weekend, and they were just like, Lauren and Shaggy, we don't know what it is that's different about you guys, but you guys fit in with us, and usually white people don't. We're like, okay, I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> um, so, but we're like, well, we've been feeling the Holy Spirit stirring too through COVID and through all these other things to like reach out more and do more things. Um, and we've been considering, as we've been feeling kind of connected with you guys, what would that look like? And so one of the things that that looks like is that um, we're not ready to move to the coast yet. It's quite hot. There's no air condition. Um, it's like Galveston. If any of you guys have been to Galveston or Florida in the summertime, imagine no air condition and just the humidity all the time. You get out of the shower and you're immediately sticky. Um, can't all, all day long. You take a shower at night before bed. You take a shower in the morning because you're sweaty again. <laughs> so, anyways... We just don't feel that God's leading us there quite yet, but we're starting this part-time ministry that once a quarter we're going to go down there and do training with some of these indigenous missionaries because what they do is they train them to go out and um, take like a tent-making business essentially and use that in different areas along the coast. And one of the areas they realized is that, well, no, Kenya as a whole has a huge growing middle class, and that huge growing middle class is taking taking their weddings to the coast, even if they don't live down there, and then they want to hire photographers off the coast and videographers. So this is one way that we're going to be able to help them is that we can train these missionaries on how to do videography and photography when they're interested and talented in this area, and then um, disciple them. So that's something we'll do like once a quarter for a week. We'll be going to the coast and working with them on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. we're extremely excited about the, the possibilities for ministry and, and relationship building there. Um, we will still have to work on uh, learning Swahili better because they speak primarily Swahili out of the coast. Um, so that's, that's one aspect that's going to change when we go back. Um, one of the other things, like I said before, we've done photography and video with a ministry called, originally called On Field Media, and then the original, uh, I guess 2019, somewhere in there, they rebranded their name to AIM Stories. And so we were capturing the stories of, of what God was doing across the continent. Well, at the end of our term, or I guess at the end of most missionaries' terms, oftentimes they look at, you know, is, is the Holy Spirit leading us to do something different? Is he leading us to expand or move somewhere else or go wherever he's leading? And so we felt like God was leading us, which he's doing now with the coastal ministry, but also he's going to be leading us to join... AIM Air. Um, this is a missionary aviation group. It's similar to um, MAF. Some of you may have heard of that. Also, Samaritan's Purse. They're the ones that do the Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes. Mm -hmm. yep. And so we'll be partnering with them to help them tell stories as well. Uh, interesting point 
interesting fact, actually. AIM Stories, on-field media, that was actually founded by a couple of AIM Air pilots who were ferrying missionaries back and forth to, the, to their remote areas and heard these amazing stories, and they're like, why, why are we not spreading the news about this work? This is amazing stories. So they started the, uh, the OFM group. Well, we're now going to be partnering with AIM Air to help them tell stories better, which will actually position us closer to the stories. Um, we have a quick video. No, we don't. Do you think it'll work? We don't work? have that, no. Um, so one of the other areas that uh, the AIM Air does things, they just started a number of new projects throughout COVID, uh, one of them being remote missionary services where they fly in, they bring mechanics and engineers and things from their hangar, and they help missionaries fix cars, install solar panels, basically whatever projects they need done that they haven't been able to get done because they don't have the expertise. And so we'll be, uh, I wish we had that video to show, but we'll have to, um, we'll have to do that another Just day. Just check it out on the website. Did you put that one on our website? I think that one's on the AIM Air website. Okay. Um, but okay, so uh, joining AIM Air is gonna be a large part of what we're doing. Um, I'll be working probably 60% or more of my time with them, uh, flying with their pilots, helping gather media, doing photography, helping them to not only raise support for, uh, for AIM Air, to be able to um, provide services for missionaries, but also to help spread stories of what God's doing actively across And to Africa. train the other video guys mm -hmm. that are with Amy are already, they, mm -hmm. they kind of are just doing it as a hobby, and Shaggy, they're like, we could use your expertise, and you can train us into something. And he's like, <laughs> okay, sure. Yes. So, um, okay, so coastal ministry... AIM Air, one other area that we'll be working when we go back, and actually we've been working on this project already. Um, one of the benefits... How did it start? Yeah, I was just getting to that. <laughs> so COVID kind of stunk. I think we can all agree on that. Well, we actually have a nice story to tell about COVID. Uh, because COVID locked us down in Nairobi, kept us from being able to travel and do work, I was kind of forced to find something to do because I was gonna lose my mind with no work and having all of our kids run around the house. Um, so God laid on our hearts when we first got there. We heard a story called, well, sorry, I can't name it. Um, we heard a story that they used down in the islands near Madagascar. And it's a story, a very unique telling of the gospel, uh, talking about kingdoms of light, kingdoms of darkness. And basically, when we heard that, Lauren here said, we gotta make a video about this. And I, I thought to myself, there's no way that we can, that's, that's, a, that's a big project. And so when COVID hit, we thought, hey, this is the perfect time to do this. And so we decided to make it an animated story. Uh, we would love to show it, but we've, because of where the video will be presented, we can't for security's sake. Um, we can talk about it, we just can't show it to you guys. now. If you guys would like to see it, we can arrange private viewings, maybe in your home. If somebody wants to host one, uh, we can either do a Zoom call from, from our place to yours, um, or maybe the next time we're up here, we can pop in on you and we can schedule a viewing. Um, we would love to do that because we would love to share it with you. Um, it's just because we're live streaming, we can't. Um, now, the, the purpose of this video, let me just back up a step or two. The purpose of the video is to share the gospel. And we thought, okay, if we're gonna make a video, it needs to look like it was made for them, for the, for the people that are gonna be watching it. So we decided to make four different versions of it. A city version, a rural village version, a coastal version, and a desert version. And that would hopefully encompass most of the areas across Africa. Mm -hmm. And so already we've raised funds to get most of the city version done and now we have most of the, we actually have the funds in place to finish that. We have the funds in place to get the village version done. We're still raising funds for the next two versions, but we're gonna be, hopefully before we go back, having at least three of the four versions finished and language translation started in multiple languages. So originally we thought we'd just do it in English and Swahili and one or two other languages. Well, it occurred to us that Swahili, at least in Kenya and a lot of other places in Africa, they usually have a unifying language. And Swahili in Kenya and East Africa is that. It's English or Swahili. Swahili is what they've taught everyone. 
but everybody also speaks their heart language, their tribal tongue. And so in Kenya, they have over 40 different tribes, 40 different heart languages, and we're gonna actually work on translating into all of them. We're also gonna translate it into all the languages in Tanzania, Uganda, South Sudan, and whatever other countries are interested. Hopefully, all of them. Uh, we're gonna be working on this for several years, actually. There was something cool you told me whenever we were starting to talk about this project that I think you should say, and that was like whenever we approached the people that had shared this story and kind of started using it, and we said, hey, do you wanna do it in video? What were they thinking? Yeah, so we approached some of the people that were actually using the video, or sorry, using the story. And they said, we have actually been praying for somebody to, to approach us to make this into a video. Uh, we've been praying for the last year or two for this, but you're an answer to prayer. So this is a huge thing for us to be able to hopefully spread the gospel to millions of people. Um, we're actually, and, and interesting enough, because of the way that people treat their heart language, it's touching when they see something in their heart language, when they hear their heart language. Mm -hmm. And so hearing another video in Swahili is no big deal. They're a dime a dozen. But a high-quality animated video in their heart language, that's never been seen. And so we're actually expecting we'll have Islamic people sharing it with other Islamic people. Not even realize, like, they'll, they'll understand it, but they'll be like, you just have to see it because it's, it's, it's in such, our language. It's such <laughs> an interesting thing to see this in our tongue. And so it's, it's, it has the potential to really take off and really spread the gospel in places where we as, as you know, because of the color of our skin, we would attract a lot of suspicion and um, people would just put up walls. But this has the opportunity to break down walls and have people sharing it amongst themselves because it's going to look like it was made for them. It's going to sound like it was made for them. Mm -hmm. And they're going to want to share it with their friends and family. And along with this, I mean, I'm going to bring it up here again later, but this project specifically, we've already seen so much spiritual warfare around. Mm -hmm. um, God, God wants this project done, and the enemy doesn't. So just yes. pray that this project can get to completion because it has mm -hmm. stalled out because of some of the spiritual warfare that has been going on with it. So well, just it did stall out, and it's it's, it's back up. It's and getting running. back up and running, but yes. like. Yeah, just be praying mm -hmm. for that and, and for us in that process. All right. So, Lauren, we, we talked about the coastal ministry. We talked about AMAIR. We talked about the animated gospel project. Yeah. Uh, what else are we going to be doing when we go back? I know that you're going to be doing something specific. So, actually, when we get back, um, because we're going to be able to put two of our kids in boarding school, which I'll talk a little bit more about in a second, I'm going to be working part-time as well. Um, and not just be in the house. So that um, one of the things that we realized and that I struggled with in the last four years is that I don't do well being at home all the time. And so um, as much as I love my children, being at home and being a um, full-time teacher to them is really hard on me. Um, and so I'm going to be going into the office and working um, using my administrative abilities, but also some of the things that we were already doing, like I've been helping onboard new missionaries to get them oriented to Nairobi, and I'll be doing it more in an official capacity. I've also been helping with the housing um, area, and um, I'll be doing that more in official capacity. I'm going to be working on ABS, which is the umbrella, Africa-based services, the umbrella that we went under when we came, and it's also the umbrella over AIM Air. So I'll kind of be helping them with their, like, their, their website and um, maybe if they have social media and all their newsletters and things like that. So you're saying in a roundabout way you're going to be my boss? Kind of. Okay. No, not really. <laughs> not really. Um, so that's something that I'll be doing in that it's, it's exciting for me to kind of be able to use some of the giftings that God's given me and um, be able to use it outside of the house at a more official capacity. Mm -hmm. um, some of the other things we're doing, we're sending these two that are still here in the room with us off to boarding school. Well, we're, um, not, we're not sending them. They, they've expressed interest in, in getting to play with other kids their age and being kids. There's also a little bit of apprehension, but um, they'll be at school together. And, um, but it's an hour and a half away and things like that. And so one of the things that we're having to do is, you know, our fundraising budget is going to be going up a little bit because of having to send them to boarding school. Um, but it's cheaper than sending them to a school in Nairobi, actually half, by, by far half the cost. So, um, yeah. So if you're feeling led to join us or if you feel just 
like maybe you feel really strong about education in general and you're interested, maybe you can just sponsor one of our children to go to boarding school. We would love that. Um, it would be um, a great ministry. Another thing that our family needs is, you know, here in the States, if we were driving around for the last two years with six of us in a five-seater car, it wouldn't go very far. Well, it wouldn't go very well. We would probably have gotten multiple tickets by now, <laughs> as well as a lot of chastising by our friends. But in Kenya, we've been doing that, and we shouldn't be, and we need a new car. So we have a car fund going to get a six-seater car. Um, and import tax on cars in Kenya is 100%. So cars, even that are 15 years old, are twice the price that you would expect them to be. So um, we have about $10,000 to raise to get a new car. Um, and then... Um, we just kind of wanted to end with the story about a family. Do you want to share the story? Yeah, I can, I'll, I'll start sharing it. Uh, if I get something off, be sure to, to bounce in and, and correct me. No problem. Um, so we have a couple of friends, uh, a gentleman by the name of Wycliffe and his wife, Celine. Uh, they have two children, um, Brian and Claire. Claire. Thank you. And uh, both of them are, were orphans. And they, they, they met uh, as orphans and got married and had kids. Well, both their kids are actually special needs. Um, Brian is autistic, and, and Claire has, she was born very, very early. It was kind of a miracle that she survived. 28 weeks in yeah. Kenya, and she survived. That's, it's a miracle. Yeah. And so because they're both orphans, they never went to, they never went very far in school. And so their, their opportunities for employment are very limited. And so a number of times, I mean, he works as like a courier. He has a motorcycle and, and ferries things around town. And uh, his wife makes journals and... and we have art, some other stuff you know, out there. Uh, yeah. yeah, journals and uh, like hot mats and different things. Well, a number of different times we've helped them with different things like school fees and uh, helping pay for medical costs for testing for their daughter. And uh, when, when COVID hit, um, a lot of our support got hit as well. And so... They came over at one point, uh, and, and throughout COVID, we were trying to uh, help a lot of people as much as we could because we knew that with the city being on lockdown, you know, people out there in the slums, a lot of them, when, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, they literally are asking for that from the Lord because if they don't make money that day, they don't eat because it's literally the money they make each day is the money that feeds them that day. Mm -hmm. And so um, our friend um, Wycliffe, there's, there's months where they just don't even make rent and they have to play catch up and, and try to get things paid for. And so, we're talking rent, their rent is like $60 sixty bucks five a month. A month yeah. guys. And that includes their electricity. Yeah. They don't really have running water. Mm -hmm. And so um, he came over at one point and said, hey, I need, we, my, my daughter needs an MRI and we need to, we're trying to raise funds, can you help us? Which is $160, so like yeah. a lot more than their even monthly rent. Yeah. And um, so I, I told Wycliffe, I said, you know, you know I would love to help you. It's just this month is the tightest month we've ever had on the field with, with COVID and everything. Let me add in that we had been giving them, like, we give them, like, every month during COVID because we knew he was having a hard time finding work. We were just, like, sending them extra money. Mm -hmm. um, so he wasn't, like, like, we had probably already sent him some extra money or maybe we didn't that month. I don't even remember. I, I really can't remember. But um, I told him, you know, I said, we would, I, we would love to help with this. We just mm -hmm. can't this month. We, we have just enough for what we need to pay for, and then we have, like, no extra. And his eyes got big. He's like, I had no idea you struggled like I struggle. I'm like, well, sometimes. It's not really I mean, the same. <laughs> it's not really the same, but I guess. And so he, he went home and came back a day or two later, and he said, Shaggy, I prayed with my wife, and we talked about it, and we want to help you guys because you've helped us so much. And we want you to let me work for you today without paying me. And I want to do whatever, whatever you need me to do, I'll do. Gardening, wash your cars, wash whatever. And I was like, no, absolutely not. You need to work. You need to support your family. This is a whole day you're talking about where you're not going to be making money for your family. This could be the bread on your table tonight. This could, th no, absolutely not. And Lauren walks over and I'm like, he wants to work for us for no pay. And she's like, no. He needs to get paid for anything he does because things are so tight for them. And he's like, no, no, guys, let, let us bless you. You've blessed us. Let us bless you. And we kind of looked at each other, and we went and talked about it, and we said, we, we can't rob these guys of their blessing. As, much, as hard as it is for us to accept it, 
we have to let them bless us because sometimes receiving a blessing can be a blessing to somebody else. And so we let them do that. He worked, um, he washed our car, he washed our dog, he did some, he cut the grass. Uh, and we, we don't have a mower, by the way, so he got down with clippers and literally clipped the grass. That's how they do it over there. It's mind-blowing. Um, but at the end of it, you know, he, he thanked us. We thanked him, and we actually sent them off with a bunch of, like, scrap metal and things for them to go and sell. And the bottle caps. So the yeah. things that they started making with the bottle caps started because of this situation, which would have never happened yeah. had this not happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we sent them off with a couple bags of uh, bottle, like Coke bottle caps, and they used them to, we, we gave them some ideas on what they could use them for. They started making, like, uh, hot mats. Yeah, hot, hot, hot plates, hot mats for, uh, for pans, pots and pans on the table. And so um, let's jump to the next photo here. Um, there should be a picture of a little girl. Oh, sorry, okay. This is Wycliffe, a um, good friend of ours. And then the next one, yep, there's Claire playing with Anson. Now, granted, she's two years older than Anson, but they're about the same size. So that just kind of shows you how developmentally delayed she is. Mm -hmm. And then the next one should be Lauren with Celine and our daughter Allie. And this this house that they're living in, they I mean it's not much rent, but it's the tiny little closet space right there is their bedroom. They have which a, fits a queen size mattress and that's it. Yeah. And then the living room, which fits like a couch, a seat, and like some some totes that they use for storage. And then there's like a tiny little little tiny Entrance. entryway that serves as a kitchen mm -hmm. and that's their house um so yeah so we but do you see that smile can you see that smile on her she's like that all the time mm -hmm. i have never seen her frowning ever yeah it's amazing to us that this family who struggles so much can be so filled with so much joy and it just really speaks to you know the joy of the lord and how uh, their circumstances don't dictate their, their happiness and their joy. But as we said, you know, sometimes accepting a, a blessing can be a really hard thing. Um, you know, and, and Lauren, what, what, do you have any other additional thoughts on that? No, it's just that the thing that we thought about for the most of it, like, and the one thing that we said was that we can't steal their chance to bless somebody else. Because how much is it, I mean, just think about the times that you've said something to somebody and they've told you, no, we don't really want to accept it. It hurts. Like whenever you are rejected and whenever you're told, no, I don't want you to bring me a plate of food or whatever. And you're like, like why? <laughs> you know? And so it's just kind of the same thing. We just looked at each other and we're like, we can't steal their blessing and mm -hmm. take their chance from being able to bless. And um, yeah. it was just really cool. And so I would just encourage you guys maybe through that in that, one, don't be afraid to sh take a blessing from somebody else, even though it's hard to accept help, mm -hmm. and because you don't know what you're doing for them. Like, for them, it was a spiritual thing. It was like this, you know, chance to help somebody that they didn't realize needed help, and yeah. and just a few days after that, we got a church sent us some extra money. Actually, it might have been you guys. Anyways, I don't even know, and so <laughs> we just got this random check from a church, and um, we were able to help them with the MRI, and we were able to send them some money, and they were able to get the MRI, yeah. and so um, it was just really cool how that turned around, but mm -hmm. we weren't sure or aware that that was going to happen. But it's great to see, you know, the, that's the way their communities work over there, is that they help each other when, you know, this person helps this person, and then when this person, things are short for them, other people step in to help, and it's, it's really great seeing the way their community works over there. So um, at, the, at the end of our time up here, what, what is this, uh, how can you guys potentially help us? Well, number one, we need people praying for us. Mm -hmm. Prayer is the most important thing that we could, we could get from you guys. Because the, as, as Lauren said, the spiritual warfare that we faced overseas, it's mind blowing. The things that we've, we've seen, the things that we've been exposed to, um, like, there's flyers all over the city of Nairobi plastered everywhere for witch doctors. I'm not joking about that. These are people operating with real demonic power. They will issue curses on people. People will get sick with the most uh, just awful diseases. Uh, we saw a family that was cursed by a witch doctor, and um, I think she, they ended up thinking it was typhoid fever or something. She ended up almost dying. They never knew, they never found out what it was. Yeah. They had to life flight her um, from the coast back to Nairobi and take her to a good hospital. 
but it, it's just amazing the power that these witch doctors can actually have. They through, do have the power to kill people. Yeah, if through they're not demonic. Saved by Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. Through the demonic spirits. Yeah. Because we've heard stories and mm -hmm. from direct friends that have lost family members due mm -hmm. to witch doctors. And it's yeah. just really, really sad. So, yeah, just, I mean, and this is Kenya. It's not even the place where it's the worst, you guys. Yeah. There's other countries in mm -hmm. Africa that are much worse than that as yeah. far as that goes. So, um, yeah. Please be keeping us in your prayers. Um, you know, we've got prayer cards in the back. You can stick them on your fridge to, to remind you to pray for us. Uh, that is a huge need for us. Um, secondly, we also need financial partners, uh, mm -hmm. monthly support to help us get back over there. Um, because we're back on an official furlough, we can't actually return until our monthly support is back to 100%. So... Um, we need monthly partners at various different levels. It I mean, could like be $25 a month or, or $100 a month. Or, or $5 a month even. I mean, yeah, really. Just um, whatever. God can, God can take your gift and, and multiply it. Definitely. And so, um, as, as I said at the very beginning, you know, missionaries are called overseas. But all of us, we're all called to go and make disciples. So as I said earlier, be thinking about how you can minister to your neighbor, to your circles of influence, to the people around you, using what God has already given you, give, using what God has uniquely gifted you with. And so... Let me just end with this scripture. Mm -hmm. um, Matthew 5, 3 through 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those that are hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will show mercy. Be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, go ahead and have a seat. I did want to say a few things and then share uh, a word. Um, you know, they heard the Lord speak and they went and they did as the Lord would have them to do. Um, I think of, uh, you, you mentioned the animated deal. Uh, I think you sent me that, was it a year ago? You've been working on it for a while. Uh, it, is, it is really, really good. Um, and I would encourage you, if you get the opportunity, to connect with them and uh, view that. Um, sorry, I'm just setting this up real quick. You can contribute to them as well through the church. Uh, you can do text to give with the uh, code SHAGGY. Um, I don't know how many times you have punched Shaggy into your phone, but this is an opportunity for that. Um, so you can do text to give with that. But he sent me that link, and I watched it, and it was phenomenal um, to see the nuances of how the gospel story isn't American. <laughs> and we don't often realize that. Uh, but what is, it, it, it is so incredible and so powerful is that Shaggy is by nature a videographer, a photographer. He knows cameras. He had to teach himself how to be an animator. I don't know if you've ever tried to learn animation from scratch before. It's not an easy endeavor, wouldn't you say, Shaggy? <laughs> because the Lord put this on their heart, he's learned a new skill in order to be able to do this deal. And it is top-notch. Like, it's not just you went to a sketch pad and drew a little stick man in the corner and flipped the pages type of deal. It is top notch, and he taught himself from scratch to do this because the Lord placed this burden on their heart to take the gospel to people who desperately need it. And like they said, we'll share it with each other because it's in their language, and they don't see anything of this nature in their language. And it's an incredible opportunity. You see, when the Lord comes and speaks to you and gives you something to do, you do it in whatever capacity it is, however, however big a step of faith it is. I mean, the Lord gave us, uh, you know, the, Jesus came with the command, Luke 19.10, to seek and save the lost. 
any lost, anywhere. And in John 20, 21, he gave that commission, seek and save the lost to us. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So the commission he had, seek and save the lost, he gave to us to seek and save the lost. He's sending us in the same way. And I want to point out one guy, not just Shaggy and Lauren who did this, but there was a deacon in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, who heard the voice of the Lord. In Acts chapter 8, Luke writes, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. So the word of the Lord comes to this guy, Philip, and says, I want you to go over here. Now a lot of times, for some of us, when the Lord comes to us and tells us to take a step of faith and do something that's out of the norm, we take a breather and we argue with God for a little bit. Right? Or is that just me? Okay? Are, are you with me here? You ever, God says do something. You say, wait a minute, that's kind of weird. That's out of the ordinary. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to Africa, you know, when I can do it in Queen. Uh, but if the Lord lays something on your heart, look what Philip did. Going a place that wasn't safe by himself in a period of time when people got killed all the time. God says, rise and go. Look at what it says, verse 27. And he rose and went. And he rose and went. He didn't debate. He didn't hang out. He didn't say, well, I'll do it next week after I finish my chores and, and the stuff I got to do. I, you know, I, I need to go and talk to my wife, make sure all my kids are taken care of. He, it says he rose and went. He just did it. He just did it. He went to the road not knowing what God had for him there. God didn't spell it out. God didn't give him the whole process of what it was going to look like. God just said, rise and go. And I'll tell you what you're going to do when you're going to get there. So Philip jumped up and he went to this area. And he went down there and he comes across this guy who's in a chariot. And he's got a whole entourage going down this road. And Philip is on this road and this guy with this huge entourage, a bunch of wealth is being displayed and this guy's traveling. And Philip is there, this guy is there. And uh, the Lord says to Philip, go over and join the chariot. Now again, this day and time, kind of like today, you don't just walk up to somebody, a stranger, in a place that people got robbed and killed all the time. You just don't walk up to them, people are going to be very suspicious. But the Spirit said to Philip, you go over there and you join the chariot. He didn't tell him how. He didn't tell him the process. He just says, go over next to the chariot. When typically in this part of the country, you walk over to this thing, somebody from the chariot is going to kill you. But the Spirit said, rise and go. He rose and went. He went to the place. And the Spirit said, go over next to the chariot. Philip goes over next to the chariot. But he doesn't just go next to the chariot. How he went to the chariot is important. So the Spirit said, go over and join the chariot. So Philip ran to him. Philip ran. So again, imagine you're in a bad part of town. Maybe, it may, you, let's say you go to, I'm from Houston. You go to Houston. You go to a bad part of town. And there's some guys walking down the road, and you don't know these guys, and they don't look so good. You don't know what's going on with these guys, and you run up to them. Think that's a good idea? Well, Philip doesn't even hesitate. God said, go next to this deal. Philip just runs next to this guy. Because he got a word from the Lord to go and do something, and he wasn't going to pause and hesitate. He wasn't going to debate. He wasn't going to argue with God. He just ran and went and walked up next to this chariot, ran up to this chariot. And he hears the guy reading from Scripture. He didn't know, again, how God was going to orchestrate the conversation. He just knew the Lord said go. And he happened to be there at just this moment because the Lord had him be there at just this moment because God said go and he went. And the guy just happens to be reading Scripture. And Philip speaks up and says, hey, man, you know what you're reading? And the guy says, yeah, how am I supposed to know what this means unless somebody tells me what it means? And Philip says, hey, I can tell you what that means. Philip gets in the chariot with the guy and explains the gospel to him from the scripture the guy is reading. And the guy gets saved. And Philip is describing to the guy what life and salvation is supposed to mean, that now you need to be baptized showing the world you belong to Jesus. And they pass a puddle, and the guy says, why can't I be baptized right there? Philip says, all right, let's do it. And they stop the chariot. They stop the whole entourage. The guy gets out with Philip, and they get into the water, and Philip baptizes the guy in the water. And this is what's so incredible. Here at the end, Philip is baptizing the guy, lowers him in the water, and as soon as he raises the guy out of the water, Philip disappears. Just boom, gone. 
So naturally, the guy who just got saved and baptized is like, guy just disappeared. I mean, this is Star Trek, and he doesn't even know what's going on. And Philip disappears. And uh, so the guy who got baptized, it says he went away rejoicing. He, he, again, didn't stop and question what happened to the guy, what's going on. It didn't freak him out. He was just so excited about what the Lord was doing in him, he just went on his way rejoicing. But Philip got disappeared and transported to a completely different town. Remember before, God said, get up and go, and he got up and went. Well, this time, God didn't say get up and go. God just grabbed him and took him. It says that Philip found himself at Azotus. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. So Philip got transported to this completely different place, looks up, sees people, says, they need Jesus, and went over and told them about Jesus. All that Philip did is what the Lord told him to go and do. Completely uncomfortable, completely out of the ordinary, but he got a word from the Lord and went and did it. Shaggy and Lauren got a word from the Lord those years ago and went and have been doing and whatever it is the Lord's placing on your heart to go and do, you've got to do it. Stop debating with God and just do the thing. Do the thing. Share the gospel with your family member you're going to be sitting around a table with this Thursday. The one who's very different. We've all got them. But they need Jesus just as much as anybody else does. Maybe that's the whole reason God puts you in that family is because that person needs Jesus. And that's your going and doing for this week, is he's putting you in a table in a room with somebody who needs Jesus. And your mom or your grandma is going to put you next to him, and you're going to sit down and think, oh, great. I got the bum seat at the table. But you're there for a purpose, to bring the gospel to somebody who needs it, a word of the Lord to somebody who needs it. Maybe your step of faith is bigger than that. Maybe it has to do with a job. Maybe it has to do with learning something like animation. Maybe it has to do with something the Lord's putting on your heart, and you've been arguing with God for weeks and months, maybe even years, about what he's put on you. Maybe God's been calling you to Africa, and you've been debating with him for 10 years. And in that time, he sent Shaggy and Lauren because you guys were too busy arguing with him about it, and they were too busy being willing to follow what he had. What is it the Lord's placing on you? Maybe it's right where you're at. Maybe it's going overseas. Maybe it's helping them in the process. Whatever it is, it's all about the gospel and taking it wherever he needs it taken. So what is the Lord telling you to do? The Lord told them to rise and go. The Lord told Philip in Acts chapter 8, rise and go. The Lord's telling you to rise and go in some capacity, in some way, whatever it may be. Are you going to do what they did? Are you going to do what he did? Are you going to rise and go today? See, here's the deal. I'm going to pray for us in just a sec. Whatever the Lord's placing on your heart, I'm challenging right now to do it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Stop the debating and the arguing and say, God, I am going to do it. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know what it's going to look like. I just know you're telling me to rise and go. Rise and do. Just do what you're telling me to do. That you need to do it. I want you to come down here after I pray and kneel and say, God, I am in. I'm 100% in. I'm going and doing. Maybe you're rising and going today is believing in Jesus. And you need to believe in Jesus today. You felt it. You've been arguing with him for a while about it. Whether you're in the room or you're watching online, and you've been arguing and saying, God, I don't know about this Jesus thing of following. I know about Jesus, but follow, I, I'm not down with the following thing. Maybe today's your, your opportunity to follow him. You don't have to understand it all. You don't have to know it all. Because I guarantee you, you won't. <laughs> no matter how much you try, there's always more to know. There's always more to experience. But it's a process, making progress in the Lord. And if you need to come and believe in Jesus today, I encourage you to do that. That's what these candles represent. People who have come to know Jesus as a direct result of the ministry of this church since January, 79, since January. And maybe it's your turn to add a candle from you coming to knowing Jesus. We got more. Maybe you need to know Jesus today. Believe that he is God's son. That he came to this earth and died so all your sins would be forgiven. And then he rose from the dead so you can live after you die. And if you want to believe that today, so just as in a moment when I pray, and I'm inviting people to come and pray down here uh, at the steps who need to make a step of faith, whatever that may be, the Lord's placing on their heart, 
maybe you need to, to come down front and make a decision for the Lord today and follow him and believe in him. Maybe you need to follow him in baptism, being baptized like that guy in Acts chapter 8, showing the world you belong to Jesus. Maybe the step of faith the Lord's placing on you is a spiritual one. You need to believe today. If you're in the room, come and talk to me, and let's settle your salvation today. If you're watching online, you can click the button right below, wherever you're watching this. It says, I made a decision. There's a tiny little form, your name, email, phone number, and then what your decision is. And I will call you today, because that form goes right to my phone, and I'll call you today and uh, pray with you and celebrate with you. So whatever your decision is to follow the Lord, I encourage you to do it today. Don't wait, don't hesitate, stop the arguing and, and, and all of that, and just Rise and go. Y'all pray with me. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your ministry. I thank you for you speaking to your people to follow after you. I thank you for a demonstration like Acts 8 and Philip, for a demonstration in Shaggy and Lauren, hearing your word and stepping out and doing it in an uncomfortable scenario, taking their kids with them to a place they've never been and following after you because people desperately need the gospel. I pray that you would issue great blessing on their ministry, great faith in their purpose and pursuit and perseverance in what you have for them. That they're not, their funding wouldn't just be 100%, but it would go over and above that so they can continue to help the people around them like Wycliffe. God, I pray that you would do a work in among the people of this room and among the people watching online that they would hear your words speaking to their hearts and they would rise and go. They would rise and do and not delay, not hesitate, not walk it back, not, not debate with you, but they would just do it. And this would be that moment for them, lying in the sand moment, and they would step out and do it. If anyone needs to come and believe, God, I pray that this would be that moment for them, and they would come and believe in you, that they would stop debating, that they would stop arguing with you about it, but they would step out in faith and believe. Whether that means walking these aisles or clicking that link online, that this would be that moment and they would declare, I believe. I will take that step. I will rise and go. God, I thank you. I thank you for your direction. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your patience with your people. And your love for us. In your name I pray, amen. <laughs>